Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today. Welcome to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Yeah, finals football at Suncorp Stadium. Did you really expect any sort of different result? Brisbane come away with another victory that said 10th in a row at Suncorp Stadium in the finals. Welcome to the Ben Lifton episode 30 of the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Adam with you. And guys, have we finished celebrating yet, Adam? No, not yet. Not yet, but it's 10 games unbeaten. There's a couple of draws in there as well. Ten. Just a burst of bubble slightly, James. Yeah, well, you know what I mean, though. Yeah. 10 games where they got the positive result that yes. they needed. Yeah. Anyway, we're quite excited here on the Brisbane Football Review, so let's get right into segment one and just relive some of the magic from Friday night. What are you saying? Let's go. All right. As if the Brisbane Raw and Western Sydney Wanderers have not created drama and excitement in their previous four finals meetings, their fifth will go down the same way as the Raw would advance to the semifinals with an epic 6-5 penalties win after the game finished 1-1 in extra time. Scott, what do you make overall of the Raw's performance? I thought we started really slowly in the first 45 minutes. They could have been up 3-0 in the first 15 minutes of Wanderers. They really should have put the game away. But I think they settled down at halftime and they started to play their football. And we overran them by the end. The red card for um, Soturio didn't help them, but we are all over him anyway. Well, he's one of those players that needs to start on a yellow card for a stupid <laughs> spelling of his first name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I think it's actually there's some... It's almost like that the Raw almost subconsciously, you know, they knew that it was going to go that distance because they were ordinary in the first half. Now, as Scott roughly said, that, you know, Wanderers, they, they should have been a couple up at least, you now if it wasn't for some Theo heroics and, and whatnot and some poor finishing. And this is becoming a pattern now as well, James. They were slow out the blocks against the Mariners, what, a month ago, whenever that was. Slow out the blocks against Wellington. And even in Perth. Yeah, exactly. So this is becoming a trend. And if this continues, at some point that's going to catch up to them. They've got to sort this out. It's, it is a little bit of a concern. Let's get started with the yeah. first half. So, as we said, the Wanderers were dominant, but I think Michael Theo might have been the most dominant player on the pitch in the first half. He was brilliant, wasn't he? That double save, that was right down near where we were. And we're just thinking, no way, he's not going to get there. He's not going to get there. Oh, he got there. Unfortunately, that's kind of going under the radar a bit as well, given the heroics that happened later, which we'll get to. But he, Theo was brilliant on Friday night. But the one thing that really did get to me about the way the Raw played in the first half was the fact that they just sat so deep and told the Warriors, uh, the, not the Warriors, the Wanderers. Yeah, they told the Wanderers, basically, bring it on, and tried to hold on. Unfortunately, they just barely did. Yeah, look, I think it's it's becoming sort of uh, symbiotic almost, where they're just trying to sit back. Like It's almost like they're trying to pace themselves through the through the whole game. And it's, it, you know, on, a, on another, another day, they may have, you know, it may have been game over halftime. There's no way back, so... Look, it's it's a it's a risky gamble, but obviously, you know, the last couple of times it's also paid dividends. So it's, it, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not sure we want to keep on going to the well on that that option. It's a little bit nerve wracking. I think I I normally hope to see a lot of the roar in the second half when they're attacking down the end where we're mm-hmm. sitting. And there was I thought you know even the wingers Borello and Broich were sitting quite deep, and I think that was actually something that came up in the post game where they were talking about how Broich got dragged much deeper than expected. Broich was really off his game in the first half. I know that's been talked about a lot in the media, but he was quite off his game in the first half. I don't know if the whole 
stuff of last week got to him, but he was. I he did was, a little he was bit. Really subpar that that, that might be the other sort of you know argument on that is that the, the draining sort of you know, nature of the week that had been where everything was focused around Thomas Broach and everything. Did that actually take an effect before someone clicked in for the Raw in the second half and said, "You know what? Forget what's happened last week. Actually, play football." You know what actually really did surprise me was Broach was in a lot of conversations with John and Ross Aloisi and the coaching staff. All throughout the game, it seemed like he was almost trying to work out how to break the lock of the Western Sydney defence as it was going along. He, he probably was. In the second half, he was really, really good because it was his through ball to Barolo which set the goal up as well. And uh, he had numerous other chances created. He was probably the best player on the park in the second half. Maybe. Outside but, of Janjetovic, who made a couple of unbelievable saves. Yeah, it was a nine for the goalkeepers, yeah. which... You know, sometimes when you have a low-scoring game, you get the traditional complaints of, oh, maybe they need to make the goals bigger or maybe they need to get rid of the goalies. But that was about as tense and... I don't know how else to describe it. It was just as tense as you could get for a football game where both teams were creating chances, more so Western Sydney in that first half. But how good was it just seeing the goalies step up when they were called on? Well, not only was it um, the goalies, it was the defensive events as well. Like, the scrambling, you know, the, like, you can't, you can't say that, uh, like I said, that it was boring football. I said, it, like, it's great, you know, attacking football would be encountered by bad defence. The odd line might be one for the purists, Scott. Yeah. Also that and just tense typical finals game. That's what you expect in a finals game between evenly matched sides. Yeah, so I do think the Raw and the Wanderers are, despite what the table might suggest. Hmm. Although in the first half, I think the Wanderers definitely look like the better side. And they got their reward just on half-time with what I thought was a pretty soft penalty decision from really? Jared Gillette. I thought it was bang on. I thought they got it absolutely right. I think there was more contact on Barisha in the 2012 Grand Final, personally. Well, that's also a penalty, but... We- we'll might talk to our friends oh, all about I'm gonna, another day. All I'm going to say about that, I, I'm going to miss on the fence. I think, look, it was, a, it was a sort of a fair call either way. But again, I think this, this is where the whole VAR thing comes up because it, it's all, it's been becoming, you know, systematic. It's always people in the crowd saying, oh, check the VAR, check the VAR. That is not <coughs> what it's there for. It's yeah. it's there for the absolute howlers. That that is a fifty fifty call. That was not a howl. Like I said, you, you know, if you if you flip you flip on the other side, you know, and that was a raw. Yeah. That was a raw chance. You know, and That's you know, some yeah, weight going through the back of McLaren. Yeah, everyone's yeah, everyone screaming screaming for, for penalties. So they're the ones you say, you know what? That's a referee's decision. It is or it isn't. No, they're not. That's not what the VAR's for. It's not to. Re- yeah, you're right. It's not to reverse a fifty-fifty call. But yeah. I did like that he actually took the time to go and have a look at yeah. it because if it was a blatant dive, I believe that actually would have been Santalab off. Possibly because I think he got his yellow card in the first half. Yes, yeah, so he got yeah. it very early in the he first did, half. Yeah. And if they just if they then went and determined that it was a dive, which you know I don't, I'm not going to go that far say that, but I think he was uh, ready for contact. Let's. Put it Just quickly on the VAR thing, I know it wasn't strictly a goal-scoring op- op- opportunity, but if they can't overturn that ridiculous back-pass nonsense decision in the second half, <laughs> yeah. what's the point of it? I mean, that's clear as day. That's an obvious error. Last time I yeah. checked, but anyway. Yeah, definitely. I'm just going to get you to keep talking while I look it up. Oh, yeah, Santa okay. got the uh, his first yellow card in the 31st minute. And yeah. Boy, he played a close... <laughs> and he had a really strong challenge not long after that as well. Mm, but I think, it, from memory, that one was a bit more legitimate. Yeah. But, yeah, that's what I mean, though. That could have very easily turned into a red card moment, which, look, if you're going to go one way or the other, I think I'd rather that they kept it with the referee's original call, whatever it was. Yeah, I've really got a problem with the decision on that one from Joe Gillette. I think he got it right. Yeah. 
I can live with it. All right, so we're going to move on to the second half now and get right into the, well, I would say the fun part, which was the Brisbane Roar <laughs> equaliser. It was the just standard fair at Suncorp in the finals. Yeah, just an absolutely lightning quick counter attack from the Raw, and I think it, it was a big turnover from somebody. I'm drawing a blank on who it was right now, but they just fed it straight out. It was Broich setting Borello yeah. in the clear. Wait, I was actually waiting for him to shoot a little or feed the ball to McLaren a little bit earlier, but he decided to feed it off the post in the end. Yeah, Definitely a deliberate pass. It's it's a good goal, but it's also a horrible goalkeeping from Yanjevic. Ball watching, I mean. I think he could have very easily dealt with that another way, but obviously, thankfully for the Raw, he did. But it's a good finish from McLaren. It it might have been a lucky finish, but it did feel like one of those ones that was it was coming no matter what. It, it might coming. not have been in that instance, but it was going. It was, out. It was building last. The Raw came out in the second half, a, a very a different side. Now they 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 saw now they were down. I think they were stung by that by that, that penalty. You know, they like said it was literally you know. Almost the last kick of the, of the half, and you now they, they came out with a, you know a attacking mentality, and it, it paid dividends. And it was, luckily, it was you know, ten minutes after the whistle. And take the finish out of it. It's the Broich to Barolo through ball when you get behind the, the midfield running at the defence. I think that's that's the encouraging thing for all they're able to get in behind the midfield and run at the back four of the Wanderers. And I think that's what they're going to have to do. Just a quick this note. weekend as well. Just a quick note, Tommy Orr. That's what you're expected to do for twenty-seven rounds plus finals next year. What score penalties? No, feed the open. Feed oh the, right, yeah. <laughs> but it was a yeah, it was a well designed counter attack. But as we mentioned before, there was just an absolute head scratching moment, which I think will put an end to any of the conspiracy theories that Jared Gallet is an out and out Brisbane fan. Well, where I, called the stupid back pass. Also, the penalty thing. The penalty was you could say the penalty was a bit soft. If you want to say he's a pro yes. Brisbane referee, he's given two decisions not against the rule, but controversially. It, Anyway, I think he got the penalty decision right in this other... I think he was relying on his assistant, wasn't he? He was looking at his assistant for about five, six seconds there, and they finally decided to give it. Ridiculous. Yeah. It, I can't work out how to back pass. No, neither can I, and neither could anyone in the stadium, because you could actually hear it clip the Wanderers player, yeah. deflecting it all the way back yeah. to Theo. The reaction from the Wanderers players as well was it's deflected off their, <laughs> their player. It's good defensive pressure, they're thinking. All of a sudden, they got a free kick for a back pass out of nothing. Yeah. All right, they'll take it. <laughs> And, but eventually, you know, neither side could find the breakthrough and we wound up going to extra time. So what we're going to do now, we're going to take this into a second segment and discuss extra time and penalties after this. This is the Brisbane Football Review. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Part of the Outside 90 Fan Network and still on Switch 1197, I believe. It's James Scott and Adam with you tonight. We're in the middle of reliving Friday night's fantastic penalty shootout win over the Western Sydney Wanderers. Let's get into the extra time. And I suppose the big story to come out of this was the injury to Michael Theo. Yes, I mean, it was a good save from him as well because it was one of those, like, it could have been another back pass just who picked it up. I think that's why he kicked the ball away and just... Was it ankle or a knee or something? He got injured with like it a It turned out to be knee, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it looked yeah. like a foot ankle thing at first. Yeah, no, look, it was um you know, it was really brave, you know, to almost you know, foolish to a point, but you know, you gotta you look you gotta commend his uh, his bravery on that. You know, he 
it was an obvious chance there. And um, and yeah, like I said, he, he paid the ultimate price for it, unfortunately. And just on Jamie Young when he came on, he made that brilliant yeah. save 60 seconds after he came on. I know we've all been somewhat critical of him this season. Especially me. Yeah, yeah. but no, that's, that, was, that, that was absolutely brilliant. That was a fine save. Yeah, it was a baptism of fire. And look, for any concerns about Jamie Young's confidence, that's one way to get it up. Yeah. And look, in, in all... Also, it's not his shot stopping we've ever been worried about. Yeah, exactly. The other part of his game. Yeah, well, I was talking to my brother during the game. He was texting me, making sure that I was still mentally in one piece. And, um, yeah, like when Jamie Young came on, he texted me, baptism of fire much. And I was thinking, well, I'm feeling a lot less confident. (laughs) (laughs) And and I actually said, you know, Young could save all five penalties in a shootout or catch the ball and run it into his own net. (laughs) But after that double save, I was feeling a lot more confident. Yeah. Oh, look, I did also as well. Now, I guess the, the confidence that comes from the fans that, you know, of of all the, um, the keepers, you know, the backup keepers, you know, to have Jamie Young come on and replace. Yeah. Like, I think, you know, we'll, I think there's a, bit, a fair bit of confidence that, you know, he was always going to do a decent job. Oh, there was no yeah. doubt of that. I feel far more confident if we had to bring on Jamie Young, say, say Jared Tyson for the mm. Wanderers or some of the other backup goalkeepers. It is disappointing, though, that he, Theo did have to leave in that manner. Yeah. For a second there, while they were showing all the replays, uh, on the on not the big screens at Suncorp, it's the medium sized screens yeah. at best. While they're doing the renovations, but I was watching that thinking, oh, what's? I didn't know if Antonis was. I think it was Antonis was going for Theo's knee, but I think it was just a case of trying to find somewhere to put his foot, <laughs> and it just happened to fall on Theo's knee. But it's unlucky collisions, isn't it? Mm, and for a while, there actually looked like Antonis had come off second yeah. best. Yeah, but, because Theo got straight up. Mm, That's the weird thing. And then just went. It might have been a bit of an adrenaline rush. And then went, oh, that's a lot worse than I first thought. But um, yeah, it was it was fun. Like seeing Jamie Young come on and actually performing as well as he did. Like that's got to fill you with confidence going yeah. forward as well. And we'll get to the penalties in a minute. But his reaction after the full time whistle in his interview, you could see the emotion in his in his voice and his face. And everything. Mm. It was really good because that's he's been waiting for a moment like that. Well, you've to got be, to be yeah. the hero and. Well, you've got to be thinking just in terms... If you're him, you're going, well, he still feels like he should be the Raw's number one yeah, goalkeeper. Yeah, that's, that's, that's shown through an interview as well. Yeah. And, you know, now he's got a chance to prove it. And as we mentioned last week, with Michael Theo off contract... Yeah. You, uh, if Young can steer the ship for potentially two more games as the keeper, well, you have to start making the case he might be. Sadly, I think that we may have seen the last of Michael Theo in a Brisbane Raw jersey. I think injury, injury aside, I just think yeah, if he's off contract, you know, and Jamie Young performing, I just think, yeah, no, it's, a, it's obvious one. And then obviously you've got a couple of not good young goalkeepers coming through the ranks you know, behind him. So I think the goalkeeping situation is almost set. Yeah, it may that very well be. It would be a sad thing if that is the last we see of Michael Theo. He's been such a great goalkeeper for this club. Because he did not look happy to be going no. off, but... There are, well, I'd say in the 90 minutes, he usually doesn't look happy. But just one thing that I kind of forgot to mention in the last segment was I loved how Theo was just yapping at the Wanderers players <laughs> all game. And, yeah, like Theo had a, like the one penalty Theo faced too. He got a hand to yeah, it. Yeah, he, he, he really could have saved that very easily. just didn't get enough contact on the ball. Yeah. That was very unfortunate for him. It was. Oh, well. Let's get to the shootout. What do you say? Let's look at the fun stuff. Okay, so your first words when you realised it was... Go- like, when the full-time whistle blew and you knew it was going to a shootout. I was pretty calm, actually. For yeah. once, I was actually calm at a Raw Finals game. Normally, <laughs> I'm shaking with nerves, but I was actually calm this game. It was weird. 
Uh, look, yeah, it was. Um, I, I took a case. Uh, well, it's, it's going to be a flip of the coin, basically, and who and and judging to see who's actually worked on penalties during the week in training. Turns out they all have. My reaction was, oh, damn it, it's, this is going to lead to a much later night getting fan cams recorded. <laughs> Thank you, by the way, to everyone that participated in fan cams last oh, yes. Friday night and all season. I think we've had some really fun interviews with that, and we're certainly looking forward to yes. continuing that next season. Yes, we absolutely are, and possibly at a home grand final. <laughs> Don't start that. <laughs> I said possibly. <laughs> Touch wood. Yeah, when you start seeing pigs flying at your window, there you might get a home grand final. We'll get to that later. Smithers, <laughs> I think I'll donate a million dollars to charity. <laughs> when pigs fly, will you be donating donating that million dollars to charity now, sir? Uh, no. I'd just like to point out that that was James with the first Simpsons quote thirty episodes in. I'm surprised it took that long. But that's why I was last week. Was it? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's grill. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I swear I've I done more as well. Up. I'm sure you have. <laughs> Lots of movie references too. Anyway, on to the shootout. The Raw got to shoot down at the Den End, which, say what you yeah. say what you want about, you know, sports psychology being a bit hokey, it has an impact. Also, I believe that's the referees making a decision on which penalty Gary you take them. I don't think it's like a flip of the coin and you can choose which end. I've, heard, I've actually heard both in the last few days where... The, ref, if it, the referee says they're both even, he flips a coin yeah. to decide which end the captains get to choose. But apparently Dimas Delgado decided to shoot second, and which I only found out on Saturday morning weird. was a big mistake. That's a weird uh, thing, yeah. Like, uh, And it, it, Mark Bosnich was quite a saying that, you know, you, why? it's almost like, why would you? It's almost, you're, you're behind the eight ball straight away. Yeah. But even if, if you go first and you miss, you still got a half a chance. But, you know, if yeah. you... Yeah, like I said, it just puts so much pressure. Yeah. Now, obviously, it may be a case of confidence of, of either Yenovich's ability to save the first or second shot, or the ability of his um, of, of the um, strikers are taking the penalties. Yeah. Going second just puts you under pressure, particularly when it goes to sudden death as it did this time around. You're just under absolute immense pressure. Absolutely, there's no run for it. You're kicking first, at least if you miss, your goalkeeper has the yeah. chance to to save it and keep you in it. Mm. Now, the one thing that stood out for me throughout the whole shootout is I would say 10 of the 12 penalties that were taken were phenomenal shots. Thank you for making it 10 because of... Luke DeVeers. I'll deny then because Christensen's wasn't any good either. I, I still maintain if you can hit the side netting before the back, you're fine. You hit the crossbar first. Though. Right underneath the bar. Tell me which goalkeeper would stop that. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the post might have on another day anyway. It's yeah, but... Fair degree of risk on that one. Yes, man. and if my aunt had... Anyway. <laughs> yeah. uh, but at least at least, luckily that none of the penalties was as bad as the one last night by uh, Yosuhito Endo in the Champions League. <laughs> that was terrible. But... Oh, I, I don't thought... know. Kusakami's also very oh, good. Well, that must, <laughs> that be, that Japanese. Very must good. be a Japanese thing. Maybe. But they uh, lost the Asian Cup quarter-final penalties too, don't forget, back in 2015. You might be onto something there, Adam. Yeah. But yeah, we were talking about you know which club has been practising penalties. I think both of them did, because yeah. every guy that went up to take the kick, up until the last one with Junpai, they look like they're going, yeah, I know I'm going to yeah. score, it's fine. And for the Raw, there were a lot of young players taking penalties. Well, the first three, what... Borello, D'Agostino and McLaren. Yeah, they're, what, 23 and under? I know they're the strikers, but they young players. Yeah. Particularly D'Agostino, what, 18 or something? Yeah, well, we were because we were trying to work out okay who's going to take it. We knew Barella was yeah. going to take one. We knew McLaren and we knew Christensen. I did say to Adam saying next week at the game when um who got sent off? Saturo got sent off. That get take Corey Brown off, bring D'Agostino on, and just purely for penalty. Yeah, <laughs> even though I was absolutely nervous when he was to take it because he missed one in the youth league. But mm. and McLaren's last one, he's missed two. Yeah, 
But, uh, yeah, so Borello made it, Antonis. I thought Antonis with the little Panenka, that was <laughs> <for sure. laughs> Yeah, but I always like seeing that. Uh, yeah, D'Agostino, I had a really good one. The last one for the Raw, though, Tommy Orr, rifled it into yeah. the bottom corner. That's one that on another day can be, could have been saved. It's not right in the corner mm. that's being saved. But the one just before him, Robbie Cornthwaite as well in the top corner, that was another phenomenal strike. Yeah, no, it's, uh, like I said, so, yeah, I think nine, nine out of the 12 penalties were, you know, you're not stopping them, yeah. pretty much, unless it's something, you know, out of this world. Absolutely. And then Jumpai took the last penalty, he went to his right, so did Jamie Young, and was able to parry what, what, I think he sliced the shot. I think he just completely scuffed his shot, yeah, I remember, I think I said this in our recap on Friday night, I grabbed Jordan's thing in front of me, I was just thinking, I'm sure he's going to miss this, and. Hello, Jordan. You just got to mention. Yeah, he'll be listening. <laughs> yep. Well, the funny thing is, as Jumpai was walking up to take the penalty, I grabbed my camera bag, getting ready to run out yeah. to fan camps. I didn't actually think he was going to miss. It was just a case of I just grabbed it subconsciously. That's, where did you watch the penalty? Because you're normally the first was... time walking around to the the northern end to get outside for fan camps. Well, my friends, I was sitting with Andy Gordon, my fiance yeah. Beck. We were sitting there, and they were sitting there going, "You're running out to do fan camps," and I may have said in a I may have said a word I can't repeat right now, yeah, but... Let me just get the button ready. <laughs> but no. And actually, my dad texted me during this second half, got in, or in extra time going, I hope you didn't head out to do your video interviews. <laughs> what I would have loved to have done, though, however, would have been if it was one of those raw score in the 92nd minute to tie it up, I would have loved to have gone out and done interviews with people that leave the fo- left in the 80th minute or whatever. <laughs> Trying to get back in. Yeah. <laughs> just going... Or, you know, the game's still going, you interview them and go, you do know it's a Raw, right? They do have this in... <laughs> yeah, but they turn and say, well, you're out here as well, what are you doing out here? Mm. Anyway. Oh, yeah, well, then I, but in my scenario, I would have been allowed to get back in as soon as possible. No, but, true. but what, uh, as I was trying to say, what stood out for me about Jumpai's penalty was, I think he was going to shoot to his right, saw Jamie Young move that way and then thought, yeah. oh, bugger, I'm going to have to change it. And because he, he was absolutely stuffed, mm. rightfully so, yeah. after running for 120 minutes... That it's the didn't. first indecisive penalty, was it? All the others, even, say, when, even, when the goal, even when the goalkeepers guessed the right way, even with, with Tommy Orr's that was mentioned, he still had the confidence to, to go where he was going to take the penalty. Zumpai yeah, seemed to change his mind, and when you do that... And as you see him, no, penalty shootouts, wherever it is in the world, it's the indecisive ones, you know. It's either, you know, they get lucky, and they pull out, or they just get saved, or they put over. So, and that, and Zumpai is the first one you could actually say, you know what, he, he's not confident. And stopping midway in the run-up like a certain Real Madrid forward does is also counts as indecisive. <laughs> <laughs> so, don't you like him, though? After, his, uh... after he missed in the Champions League final 2008, I've never trusted him with penalties. <laughs> <laughs> but it all went right for the row. I think we can all yeah. celebrate that. Um, Sunday night, the other semi-final. Just a quick word on Melbourne City going down to Perth 2-0. That was an absolute horror show for Melbourne City. I mean, this was a game that was all set for them to... And Valkanis, again, has shown that he's not a A-League coach for mine. I don't understand why you'd leave Luke Bratton out of it. It was. It's just weird. It was an inept effort, you know, with all, with all due respect to the City fans. Like, but, you know, you guys have every right to be, you know, yeah. pretty horrified at your club because that was a poor effort from a final. It's like it's almost like there was time that you think, you know what, they accept their fate in about the 35th minute. They yeah, a collection of players and not a team. Yeah. And, mm. that's, and that's, for a team on paper that's so good, it feels very disappointing. But you know what? On the other hand, 
Well done, Perth. You know, Diego Castro yeah. was magnificent. I think we got the second guy first to Perth. They were really good mm. on the counter-attack. And actually, I think I saw Castro tracking back for the second time ever. <laughs> <laughs> if only some of the yeah. Melbourne City players tracked back, they might have had a chance. They tracked back, but they were just walking. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, if I were what some of the Melbourne City executives, I'd be looking for a return receipt on players like Caceres and Bratton. Cause well, they're, they, they're, they'll be out of here. They're, they're on loan from Manchester City anyway, so they're still... On the hook for them anyway. Yeah. But the other the other thing as well, I guess, coming out of that game as well, was that, you know, Sunday Sunday night, you know, nine, just to yeah. touch on 10,000 by crowd, you know, was that? Around yeah. Though, wasn't it? But there were encouraging TV figures, mm. which we are going to touch on in segment three. So mentioned the raw crowd was 17,000, a little bit below what you would have been expecting. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we're going to be back with segment three right after this. This is the Brisbane Football Review. Thanks for listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today.